0: Hello and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. As I record this podcast, it's with a very heavy heart and a deep concern for Israeli and Palestinian children and families who are suffering immeasurable loss and hardship right now. I believe every child deserves joy, safety, and a life free of violence and trauma. As the American Academy of Pediatrics states in their own policy statement, the effects of armed conflict on children lays out that children are often the ones to suffer in the most, the most, in these armed conflicts. And the AAP states that the acute and chronic effects of armed conflict on child health and well-being are among the greatest children's rights violation of the twenty first century. So as a parent, we owe it to ourselves as well as our children. We want to we be there for them. And talking about things such as war can be very difficult. So I decided that this was an important podcast to record to talk about how do you actually talk about the Israeli Hamas war and everything that's going on. And I do want to say there's really no right words for things that are going on that are so wrong. But what we do know is children are better able to cope with upsetting news images when they understand more about the situation. I've read some things in preparation for this, and I've seen some really amazing language and, and ways to talk, and I'm going to outline some of those. But I read one that I thought was pretty good way to just start the conversation and and say something like, I want to tell you about something that is serious and sad and will likely be Bringing being brought up, whether it's school or you might notice it on your iPad or tablet. And I want you to know that whatever you're feeling, whatever questions you have, I am here for you. Explain to them what war is, and that it's when two groups of people or more are no longer using their words. You know, we always tell children, you got to use your words. They're no longer using those words to manage conflict. And instead, they resort to very harmful, aggressive actions with weapons. And this war between Israel and a terrorist organization called Hamas, I guarantee you, is going to come up in some way. How might it come up? Well, no matter what their age, it could be something they heard from school, or maybe they heard it from a friend. Quite honestly, they could have questions because the news is on in the background, or they hear adults talking about it. Now, if you think your child could definitely hear about this, in a perfect world, it would be best to bring it up at home ahead of time. But that's not always easy. It's often that we need to be ready to have this discussion especially if they heard it somewhere else and this is tell them this is really big news and a lot of people are talking about it and that they might hear it from friends at school and the and feel scary and confused about what's happening so I want to outline some intentional ways that you can help your child. And help yourself even kind of wrap our head a little bit around this, or at least be ready to have that discussion. Ask them first and foremost, what do they already know? What do they know about war? Find out where they're at right now so that you know kind of how to carry on that conversation. And remind yourself and them that what they heard might not be accurate. And that's probably one of the most important things to remember. Listen for misunderstandings or frightening rumors. Again, ask them what they know about the situation. Acknowledge confusion. You might explain that even adults don't know all that is going on. I know I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. News reports can change quickly and can definitely provide conflicting viewpoints. Most importantly, It's important to tell the truth, and that builds trust. Use real words, talk slow, and make eye contact. Just by making eye contact, it helps maintain that connection, and kids will feel safe. Be very clear, direct, and honest. Share while connecting in a loving, trusting way to help them, again, feel safe and understand what's going on in the world around them do not dismiss their fears you know it's so easy to say don't worry you know acknowledge and ask them directly about their worries this way you'll be able to address their specific fears once your child shares then their concerns provide honest explanations correct misunderstandings and misinformation and and if you don't know then Tell them, don't be afraid to say, you know what, that's a great question. Let's see if we can find out. And when I do find out, I will definitely let you know what I know. But don't ignore or minimize these fears. Help your child identify ways to cope with this anxiety, this sadness or fears, rather than pretend that they don't or shouldn't exist and then when it when questions do come up tell them like i mentioned that the quest, that those are really important questions and that we have a lot of questions too kids will understand and react differently than Adults will. So you need to remind yourself that because of their developmental age and because of their previous experience. For example, an older child is more likely that they'll need you'll need to answer questions and address concerns, whereas others, it might just be reassurance, providing reassurance. Begin with providing, though, in either case, very basic information that's simple and direct. Then ask if they have questions. Take cues from what they say to decide how much more information to share and point out the fact that in the United States and elsewhere, people are working to help families directly impacted by the war to keep us all safe. They often look for reassurance that they're safe where they are and, you know, remind them of geographic, you know, reminders of like where the violence and conflict is actually taking place. One of the things that concerns me the most is that it's very difficult in many situations because of social media to avoid exposure to graphic images and repetitive media coverage. In fact, I would go as far to say that there are those out there who are targeting children. So... I recommend that you limit exposure to media coverage and discussion in social media. The American Academy of Pediatrics really encourages parents, teachers, child care providers, and others who work closely with children to filter out this information about the events and present it in a way that your child can understand it so that they can adjust to and handle it in a healthy way. Keep young children away from repetitive graphic images and sounds that appear on television, radio, social media, and internet. You know, sometimes I always say that kids might not seem like they're listening or watching or paying attention, but believe me, they are. Too much exposure can be so overwhelming for anyone, let alone children, and it makes it difficult to understand what really is happening and to be able to process and and with our related feelings, you know. So it's helpful for children to know enough so that they understand what happened, but they do not need to be exposed to graphic images and massive amounts of information that's continuous and repetitive like some of the media coverage is. I know it definitely brings me down. You know, I like to be informed. There's no doubt. But at the same time, you know, pay attention to how you feel when you're watching the news. It's so important and I'll say this again at the end of the podcast that we take care of ourselves as family members too so that we can be there for our children. The interviews of people injured in war with families and friends who've died and were abducted abductive I mean I'm getting chills just saying it. It is just unsettling. And so maybe consider this time an opportunity to to take some time off from media, turn off the TV, the computers, the phones, come together as a family and a community to support each other. Every child processes things differently. And I want you to recognize that some children are going to be at greater risk of distress. So let me, let me outline that and what I mean is that some children will feel greater emotional impact from these events than others, so we need to keep that in mind when we're trying to help them cope. For children with family or friends directly affected, of course, by this war, it'll feel extremely personal. They will identify more closely with the stress and losses experienced. Children and families who feel strong ties due to shared religious affiliations may also feel, and probably do, very connected. And without direct connections, they may also feel the increased risk of of being troubled by these reactions. Another is like children who live in communities with high rates of violence. They may become more concerned, even more, than about their own physical safety. And those who are part of communities in the United States that have experienced racial or ethnic discrimination may feel more distress and definitely anger when hearing about the acts of aggression and bias. Another are children who've experienced poverty or food insecurity may feel anxious hearing stories of families with limited food or money for basic necessities. And stories from the war may trigger children who themselves have survived a war or other trauma or whose family has experienced refugee status. Children who have had challenges like these and many others will have some anxiety or depression and are likely to benefit from additional support. Common questions are going to come up, and I want you to realize that they're likely to ask a lot of questions, whether they're a small child or a teen, especially in this time of crisis and upheaval. So again, choose answers that provide honest information and helpful reassurance. So let me give you some examples. Um, Could I have done anything to prevent this? You know, we all kind of feel some sense of responsibility for sure, thinking, what can I do and what what is it that I may have done? You know, kids feel helpless and really do wish they could have changed what happened. Let them know this is a common reaction for them to feel. And we wish we all could do something or could do something to help. Reassure them that our country is doing all that it can to respond effectively and keep us safe. And suggest steps that can help those affected, like maybe write letters, say prayers, raise funds. Those are some examples. When they feel like, what can I do to help? Those are wonderful ways to get involved and do something that in a very unsettling situation is even just going to make a small difference. Encourage children to work in their own communities to promote safety, tolerance, and acceptance. I know some kids may ask, is this going to change my life? You know, children and teens very likely are going to be concerned about themselves. When there's a crisis, they may be very concerned that this is somehow going to affect them personally. And don't be surprised if they act immaturely. Sometimes they may come off seeming selfish or uncaring, or they might see an adult as being selfish and uncaring about what's going on. And it's not unusual to expect children to also think more about themselves and their time, you know, what's going on. That's very, that's. That's very common and it's okay. Once they feel reassured and that they're being listened to and that their needs are being met, they are more likely to be able to start to think about the needs of others. So getting back to kind of like, what are some ways to help? Well, once they start to feel like they actually, in some ways understand what's going on, you know, they might do things, you know, what are some things they can help in this like violence and, you know, Try to be as positive as you can. You know, first talk about taking care of themselves. Tell, you know, making sure that they tell you when they're upset or worried and be honest and open. Again, help others in the community, their friends, their classmates, their teachers and other adults. They can think about how how along with others, they might be able to do something to help the victims and survivors of the war or even some of the communities, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that may be affected by this here in our own U.S., in our own communities, and um, even see what other charitable organizations as a family or a school project that they can start. These are just some ideas. Sometimes when we just brainstorm things as a family, it really does help just bring together bring you know families together communities organizations together and like i mentioned even a small thing can really go a long way i know i've mentioned a lot of things but i want you to realize too that you don't have to be perfect in what you say they often will you know trust and listen and if they know that that you are really listening to their their questions and accepting their feelings and being for them That is the most important thing. So you don't always have to feel like you're doing it right, but if children feel seen and heard and safe, wow, that goes a long way. So don't worry about saying the perfect thing. There are no answers that will make everything okay. Just listen to their thoughts and their concerns and answer questions simply, directly, and honestly, and provide reassurance and support. I know I'm saying this over and over, but... It just bears repeating because they hear the horrors of the war and news is so readily available. These images are just unbelievable. And what we can do to keep our children away from this and and uh, avoid it is 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 really going to be important. But being silent about war won't protect our children from what's happening. It would only prevent them from really understanding and coping with them, coping with it. And not communicating about what is happening may actually increase anxiety. You know, it can lead children to imagine that there's more danger, that there's a personal threat about what's going on. No matter what, war is distressing and children will feel upset. But during these discussions, you need to show them that you support them because they may show that that. Distress. they may cry, they may get anxious or cranky, or even show you in other ways that they're struggling. And remember that these details can be very difficult to process, but it's better to, to discuss it, like I said, just in small basic, and then based on their response, then you can provide more information. You know, you have to, every child's different, right? So talking about war gives them an opportunity to just know, show you how upset they really are. And this first step in coping with their feelings and adjusting to this new understanding of what's going on in the world is so important. Pause the conversations periodically so that you can provide support, comfort as they start to process it. Listen attentively and even silently. You know, it's so easy as a parent or provider, you know, to just like chime in when they're saying things and interrupt and then, you know, provide advice. Sometimes kids just want to hug. Sometimes they want to just be heard and sometimes they actually want help so our job is to kind of sift out those things do they just need a hug do they just need to be heard or do they really want some significant help if children realize that it's okay to show you that they're upset they will try not to hide their feelings otherwise they're going to be they're going to just deal with their emotions alone and don't be afraid to share your own feelings try to model in positive ways how you're coping with this some kids don't want to talk about it and that's not surprising you know when a major world crisis like this occurs bringing up a topic like this even in the quite the the young really young kids can can be difficult and i mean that's the whole reason why i'm having the podcast right but it is important but realize that if they tell you they don't want to or need to discuss it, it's generally a good idea not to force this talk with them, but keep the door open so that they can come back and discuss it later. Let them know you're available when they're ready. Let them choose the time. So children, you know, as as war evokes, like I mentioned, they're going to have questions and feelings, and you don't need to cover the topic in just one conversation. Recognize that there's going to be one conversation, the first, and then multiple conversations that you're going to have over time. And do not be afraid to seek support if your child needs it. You know, when a war like this results in so much death and destruction and, oh my goodness, it's natural to be upset But if your child continues to be upset for several days or have persistent nightmares, seem unable to cope with the fears, trouble in school, I always say whatever, if it's starting to affect their function at school, at home, with their friends, it is very important to speak to somebody outside of the family for advice, like like your pediatrician. So how do we know? Like I said, some of them will actually say, yeah, I'm not Doing well with this. And some, you might see some signs that they're having difficulty adjusting, like sleep problems. So, watch for trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, or even difficulty waking, nightmares, or other sleep disturbances. They may have physical complaints. They might say, I'm really tired, or getting lots of headaches, or stomach aches, or generally just not feeling good. You may see a change in behavior. You might notice that they're eating too much or maybe not eating enough. And then look for signs for regressive behavior, like social, like being aggressive and also regressive. You know, they might show social regression or acting more immature and becoming less patient, becoming demanding and irritable. A child who once separated easily from their parents may all of a sudden then become clingy. And children, uh, older children like teens, may begin or change current patterns of smoking or in tobacco, alcohol, vaping, and substance use. And then, of course, we're going to watch for emotional problems. Children might experience undue sadness, depression, anxiety, and fears, and they may not, most likely, won't even know why. So, those are the signs that basically your child may not be coping. And you may want to speak to your pediatrician. In fact, I highly recommend it. Maybe even talk to the teacher or the school counselor or mental health professional or even a member of the clergy for advice. But remember, you don't need to wait until you think they need counseling. Get to the issue right away and take advantage of the support that you can offer whenever you think it might be helpful. This was a difficult topic. It's difficult for me to talk about. But like I said, it's something that, you know, when I, as I, as an adult, am watching and I sit and I reflect and think about what families might be going through, not just in other, in, you know, in the country, in Israel and and, uh, Gaza, but in our own communities. And so I want to remind you to be present and to have this ongoing dialogue No matter what their age, it's just small information and based on how you know your child, you go from there. Keep family routines going as much as you can. Provide reassurance. Let them know that they are safe and that they can come to you with questions and not be afraid to feel their feelings. It is more important now than ever to take care of ourselves and our loved ones. The underlying message for a parent to convey is, it's okay if things bother you. We are here to support each other. Much of the information that I shared today, I was able to gather from the resources through the American Academy of Pediatrics. I highly recommend looking at aap.org or healthychildren.org for more resources, for more scripted language on how to start these conversations and keep them going. You know, this is a growing time and Dr. Sarah is here for you and let's continue as difficult as days can be to grow up together. Thanks for listening to another episode of Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. If you enjoyed this episode and think the information shared here today could benefit someone else, take a screenshot of the episode and post to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag us at Growing Up with Dr. Sarah so we can spread the word about the show and continue to grow in our mission to support as many parents and families as possible. Hey, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or would like to suggest a topic, please visit www.growingupwithdrsarah.com slash contact. Thanks again for spending time with us today. Stay tuned for a brand new episode next week as we continue to grow up together.